Hey guys, we are so glad you are here with us at Journey Church Online. If you are interested in getting more information about Journey Church, we have a messaging service where you can text the phrase, My Welcome to 94,000. Now this is not going to blow your phone up, but it will help you get to know a little bit more about Journey Church. Also, if you want updates, text it to your phone about what's going on here at Journey. Text My Journey to 94,000. Now, as we get ready for today's message, take a minute to share this video with someone. The small action of hitting share could be the start of life change for whoever sees it. Hey guys, good morning and welcome to Journey Online. We're so glad that you've joined us again today and we're in the second week of our series called Family Foundations and as we talked about last week, you know, the foundation of your life is critical. So are the friendships, you know, so one of the things that we want to look at today is, you know, how do we have faith-filled friendships in our lives and how do we find those friends and how do we, you know, develop those relationships that are going to help us lay that solid foundation. You know, I'm from the old school of thinking to where I believe that it takes a village to raise a child. And, and so for me and for my wife, Laurie and I, we, we think that, you know what, we want to make sure that we've got good friends around us. And we want to make sure that our kids have good friends. And so, you know, as we were talking about family foundations, last week we talked about the, the importance of that solid foundation, Jesus Christ being the cornerstone of your life. So personally and individually, we've got to make that decision. Hopefully... Maybe you made that decision, but you put your faith in Christ and you're building your life on Jesus and not on what this world has to offer or even what is popular opinion, but you're building it on the truth of God's Word and on the cornerstone of Christ. And so we look into uh, Matthew. We looked at this last week, and this is Jesus teaching. He's talking to, uh, to the disciples, and, and uh, he's teaching them. He says, talking about building on a solid foundation, he says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. You know, there Jesus is making it pretty clear. If you hear the word, you know, and then you apply it to your life, you're wise. Though the rains come in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. And when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike uh, their teachers of religious law. And so when we look at this passage, we, you know, we, it's pretty clear that Jesus is teaching us some things. And, uh, you know, in thinking about that storm, we just had Sally, you know, c- kind of come blowing through here. And so I had a friend who was in the middle of that storm, and, and man, he, you know, he was there, he was out in the weather, and it was just a very dangerous situation. But where, where he was at, it was not a good foundation. It was not a good place to be. And, and so he paid the price for that all through the night on uh, the night of the storm. So, so when we look back at this, there's a couple of things that we can walk away with. Number one, the wise listen and follow. We covered this last week. They listen and they follow it. They apply it. And as we've said, 
when we apply the teaching of God's Word, when we apply the truth of Scripture to our life, not just hear it, but we apply it, that's when wisdom begins to grow. That's when we begin to uh, walk in wisdom. We begin to experience you know, uh, life in a different way. Sometimes we see it in a different way. God gives us eyes to see those things that, are, that we're, uh, they're facing. There are some who will hear it. The foolish person will hear the Word. They will hear the teaching, but they don't obey. And like I said last week, many of us that's, uh, that's husbands and wives that are sitting here and we hear what the Bible says about marriage and we hear what the Bible says about, you know, av- you know just avoiding the appearance of evil and just protecting our marriage and all that. And so we hear that, we know that, we just don't apply it. And so we've got to be careful to apply the truth. And one of the things that Scripture is saying here, Jesus is saying, hey, listen, the wise man, he hears my word and he applies it. And so I would say that for us, we need to surround ourselves with people who walk in wisdom. Look at what it says in Proverbs here. It says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. And so whenever we, we see that passage there, we realize that, you know what, the, you know, walking with people who have an understanding of who Jesus is, walking with people through life who are applying the Scriptures to their life is wise not only for them, but it's wise for us, those that associate with them. So we need to be involved in these faith-filled friendships and relationships and we need people around us that you know what that they're doing uh they're doing life in a way that that shows wisdom they're trying to live for christ they're trying to be god look at what it says in the message i like the way it says it here it says become wise by walking with the wise hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces you know all of us can probably look back and realize there were certain people that we just couldn't hang out with not and walk with jesus you know, I remember whenever I got saved at the age of 19, there were some friends that I was like, you know what, I can't, I can't hang out with them because when I get around them, it makes me want to drift back into my old lifestyle. And maybe, maybe for you, you know, you've got friends that you go, you know what, I, I just can't be around them. When I get around them, they're, they're negative and they're always going south and they're always, you know, condemning somebody or running somebody down and they're always just, you know, attacking people's character. And I just can't be around them. Number one, a lot of times when we're around people like that, Man, you feel nasty. You know, you just feel, you feel bad. And so we get around people that want to do the wrong things. And, and so we see our life just fall apart. And I love the way it says, it says, fools watch your life fall to pieces. You know, there's a statement that says, uh, there's, you know, show me who you spend time with and what books you read, and I'll show you what you'll be in a few years. And, and so what we've got to be willing to do is say, you know, God, help me to think about the things that are going to last for eternity. Help me to surround myself with people that want to see me honor you and want to see me glorify you and, and so it's it's a it's a big deal for us we as humans we, we you know we don't grow real well in rows we grow best in the context of relationships and so even here in the church service you know we know that we have chairs set up and you know and we have those set up for people to be able to sit in rows and sit with their family whatever but we don't grow real well sitting in rows in here. We really want you to be involved in a life group where you're sitting in a, a circle. Or you're sitting around a group of someone's home, maybe in a, a living room or a den or something like that. And you're sharing life. You're doing life together. And, and so we realize that people don't do real well in rows. They don't learn real well. You know, even though that's the institutional way of doing things, like if you go to a college or whatever, a lot of that's just to maximize space in a, in a room and to get as many people in there as possible. But the thing oftentimes that we realize is we learn the most from people through relationships. And so here, here are a couple of things I think we can walk away with. When we, we are affected and impacted by the people that, around us. So we are affected and impacted by the people around us. There's some people we can get around. I mean, you just feel like you're a better person having been around them. 
You know, and maybe they think about kingdom things. Maybe they talk about, uh, you know, positive things. Maybe they, they look for ways to serve. Maybe they look for ways to make a difference. And, and so just being around them, you feel like, you know what, man, I feel like I'm a better person just from being around them. And then there's others, like I talked about earlier, that being around them, man, you almost feel like, hey, man, I need a bath. You know, I mean, I just feel like their language. I feel like the way they talk. I feel like the way they look at women or the way they look at men. You know, whatever, it just makes you feel like, you know, hey, it's not good. And so... We are affected and impacted by the people around us. And, you know, Jesus knew that. He surrounded himself with the disciples. Here's another one. The people we choose to do life with can determine the direction, can determine the direction and affect the quality of our life. You know, I, I remember years ago a young girl was sharing, you know, her, her testimony at a, at a thing in Bessemer, Alabama. And she was, she was actually had been incarcerated. She was in prison. And uh, she was telling this story about her, how her mom and her dad did not want her dating a certain guy. And, uh, but she said, you know, he was kind of like the rebel and she said, I was attracted to him and he was kind of the wild kid. And so she's in the car with him one night, they're going down the interstate, he gets pulled over and in the back of that car was a pile of dope. And so she went to prison, you know, because of something he had done. She didn't know it was back there, at least that's in her testimony. And she said, you know, and I wish I'd listened to my mom and dad about who I was hanging out with and who I was dating, you know? And so for her, man, it changed the whole direction of her life. And I, I, I've, I heard another guy the same night talking about being part of a, a, a group of guys. They, they go in, they rob a, a, a store. It was a grocery store. And uh, the guy that robbed it ended up shooting the guy that was inside the grocery store. And the guy that was in the car, the guy that was sharing his testimony that night, he was the driver. And so when he takes off, he goes to prison just like they did. And so, you know, the people around us can determine the direction of our life and, and it can affect the quality of our life. And you can look at a lot of stories of prison that we see that, but I would just say it's also, you know, who we hang out with, maybe not in prison, but maybe who you just spend your time with. Uh, you know, what, what do you do on the weekends? You know, maybe, maybe like I said, their whole thing is about, you know, living and following the pattern of this world. And you as a believer, you know, man, that, that's not the best way to go. And look at this next one here. Our value systems can be changed when we spend time with friends that have different values, whether good or bad. We can give in to peer pressure. Uh, we can give in to... Uh, you know, bad peer pressure to where we get around someone and all of a sudden what we know is not okay, we'll begin to justify it and you don't, you know, you don't want to be left out. You want to fit in. And so therefore you begin to adjust your values. Even though it may bother you, all of a sudden you begin to change that. That can be the same thing in a dating situation. You know, I, I know a lot of us in this room may be thinking about, hey, you know, here we're talking about family, uh, you know, values and talking about family foundations and you know, and we're going to be moving, taking a look at marriage. But here's the thing is, I really think you have to think back to when you're dating. You know, so who are you dating? You know, a lot of times we just want to date because of what they look like or what kind of car they drive or, you know, the fact that they've got charisma. But really, we've got to be looking at the heart. What kind of character do they have? And, and so it's real easy. For a lot of young ladies, you know, end up dating a guy thinking, hey, you know, he, he really loves me, but really he's after one thing. Or maybe it's a girl. In this day and age, it's just the opposite sometimes. This guy's thinking, hey, man, I think she's a good, a sharp young lady. But hey, she's after one thing. And so we've got to be willing to say, you know what? God, help me to make wise decisions and help me to be around people and even date people and, and, uh, and hang out with people that have good values that, that love the Lord and, and want to live for Him. So look at it again. Our value systems can be changed when we spend time with friends that have different values, whether they're good or bad. So not only can you be around people with bad values, values that all of a sudden they begin to affect you you can be around people that have good values and all of a sudden you begin to choose to do the right the wise thing the right thing 
And, and so that's important. So making sure that the people that you hang around, you know, has a lot to do with that. We all gravitate towards acceptance. We all want to be accepted. I mean, there's nobody that doesn't want to be accepted. So we all gravitate towards acceptance. I mean, we, we think, you know, I, I just want someone to, to want me. I want someone to love me. I want someone to like me. I want someone to do, to do whatever. And so we all gravitate towards acceptance. It's a, it's a need. Uh, we're, we're created for relationships, and so we want to be that. And so here's the first one. We all want to be accepted. We all want to be accepted, you know, to feel like, you know what, someone, you know, accepts me as I am. And that's the thing. It would be nice if we could be accepted for who we are. You know, Jesus accepts us. He accepts you right where you are. You know, He doesn't tell you to go clean up. He doesn't tell you to go get your life straightened out. Jesus, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. And He said, man, I'll give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon you. I'll give you rest. So Jesus, come as you are in your brokenness. And so one of the things we've always said here at Journey Church, we want people to, to come you know, to church here who feel accepted. I want when somebody walks through the door that they feel like, you know what, these people want me here. And we do. We, we pray for people whenever they walk through the doors. We pray for God to bless them. We want them to feel accepted. We want them to feel like, you know, no matter what they're dressed like, what they look like, whatever, what color they are, it doesn't matter. They're accepted. We all want to be accepted. And, and, and so Jesus accepts us. And so we as believers ought to model that as well. But here's the thing. It's a need within every person. Here's another one. We all want to be loved. You know, somebody may say, hey, I've given up on love. And there may be some of you that you're in a dating situation or maybe you're single and you wish you were in a dating situation. You say, well, you know, I've given up on love. Don't give up on love. God is love. And God loves you. Man, He wants a relationship. He wants to, he wants to spend time with you. He wants to do life with you. He wants to bless you. And here's the thing. There, there's somebody there for you. There's some people that I know that are single that feel called to be single. They feel like, you know what, God has called me to be single, and they're okay with that. And, uh, man, you know, and God will bless that. Apostle Paul was that way. But just because you're single doesn't mean that you're not loved. We all want people in our life that love us, that care about us, and, and, and they want to do life with us. But, so we all want to be loved. Every person has that need to be loved. We're, we're created that way. Here's another one. We all want to be included. You know, probably some of the biggest fights that ever happened, you know, in middle school and high school is because somebody felt left out. You know, used to, you know, you'd, if you had a friend, man, you spent the night with them, that was a big deal, that was a good thing. But if there was three, it was almost like somebody was going to be left out of the conversation or there would be some kind of tension or whatever that would build there. But everybody wants to be included. Uh, you know, nobody wants to be left out, you know, and everybody goes to a party or everybody does something and you didn't get invited. All of a sudden it's like, well, what's wrong with me? You know, why am I not invited? So everybody has that need. Again, remember, we're gravitating towards acceptance. We want to, we want to be accepted. And so when we, f we don't feel like we're included, we feel like we've been left out, it, it bothers us. And, and here's the thing. We don't feel valued. We all want to be valued. We don't feel valued. Like, well, was I not on the list? Did I not make the guest list? Did I not, why didn't they invite me? Did they not like me or whatever? And so we all want to feel valued and, and so we gravitate towards this, and I hope you understand, just like we talked about last week, with Jesus being the cornerstone, Jesus really does, you know, love us. He wants a relationship with us, and if there's any relationship that's important, it's that one, because it affects every other relationship. Look at what it says in Romans here, Romans 5. It says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. This is what Jesus has done for us. Do we have peace with God because of what Jesus has done for us? Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. We have been accepted. Where we now stand. Look at that again. 
into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand, and we, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. And what that passage is saying, hey, listen, what Jesus has done on the cross, Jesus dying on the cross, bleeding out His precious blood, dying there, being placed in a tomb, being resurrected by the power of God, defeating death, defeating the grave, defeating sin, He offers to you and He offers to me eternal life, and He offers to us His love. And then here's the thing, we, we get to go into this undeserved privilege. We are accepted. We are loved. You know, we're, in, we're included. We're valued. Jesus loved us enough to go to the cross for us. Look at what it says, dropping on down in Romans chapter 5 here. It says, but God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. You are loved. Man, we are loved like, like the world can't even get its mind around that kind of love. You know, oftentimes... With human love, it's, it's, hey, I love you as long as you do what I like or do what I want. But here, it says, but God showed His great love for us by sending Christ out for us while we were still sinners, when we weren't doing what was right. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of, of His Son while we were still His enemies, we will certainly be, made, be saved through the life of His Son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because of our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Man, we, we talk about friendships. I mean, get, get your mind around that for a second, that we get to be friends with the God of the universe. And not that, that we initiated that, that relationship or we initiated, initiated that in any way, but that God did. And God sent His Son Jesus to the cross for you and for me, for my sins, for my greed, for my lust, for my lies. And so he initiated. While we, I was still a sinner, man, he loved me. While I was still a sinner, he was willing to forgive me. And so for us, when we realize, you know what, we are included. We are accepted. We are loved. We, we've, God loves us, man, and he wants us to do the same in the relationships around us. And so here's, here's a great statement. We all, we all need structured relationships in our lives. We all need structured relationships. You might think, well, what, is, what do we need structured relationships for? Why would we need structured relationships? Well, a lot of that, we, we, you know, we take structured relationships a lot of times because of what benefit it might bring to us. You might think, what does that, what does that mean? What we take jobs. We take jobs sometimes. We'll, we'll take a job. We say, well, this is going to benefit me. It's not the job that I want. I've got a son right now who he's searching for a job, and he's looking at a job, and he said, this, is, this will teach me certain skills that I need for what I want to do down the road. So sometimes we take a job, and it's a structured relationship for a reason because we feel like that job will give me a skill set or some training or it'll get my foot in the door. So we take jobs because of structured relationships. Here's another one. We go to a particular college. We think, well, if I have that college name on my resume, man, that's almost a guarantee that I'm going to get in. Used to, that would have been Georgia Tech if you're, Georgia Tech if you're going into engineering or somewhere like that or MIT. You know, how you, get, you get that on your resume, man, you, you're guaranteed. And so we, we choose certain jobs because they have a certain reputation. Maybe it's because they have a, just a really good school system there, or a good, uh, good school for whatever that, co- that college uh, focus might be. And then here's another one. We encourage our kids in certain schools. We enroll them in those certain schools. We'll, we'll say, I want my kid to go to the best school where they got the best chance to get the best education, where they'll hopefully get scholarships where I won't have to pay for college, right? I mean, we don't want to have to pay for it, so we're hey, maybe they'll do well enough, they'll make good enough grades, or sometimes we want them where the best football program is at or the best baseball program is at because we feel like, hey, you know what, 
They're an athlete. They've got, a, they've got potential to go to the next level. So I want to get them under the best coaching and the best opportunity where somebody's going to see them and maybe offer them a scholarship. So we do intentional things to do that. We get our kids on, on certain sports teams. Like I said, we take them there. We'll oftentimes literally take them and we'll pay to travel all over the country. You know, one of the things that I've seen you know, over the last probably 10 years or so is travel ball, which I'm not a big fan of travel ball. I know a lot of parents are and you sacrifice your soul to get your kid on these travel ball teams, no matter if it's volleyball, soccer, or whatever. But if your kid has got the right talent and they get in the right places, I understand, you know what, they're, they're going to be seen. And scouts are paid a salary to go find talent. So don't sacrifice your relationships at church. Don't sacrifice your kids establishing a solid foundation to play a sport. You know, if anything, make sure that they're building on that solid foundation. And here, get them opportunities. Take them to, to camps and take them to things that will help them. But don't sacrifice your church and don't sacrifice your relationship with the Lord for a sport. I mean, one injury and they're done. They're toast. And so we often see intentional relationships like this for a reason. So how do I become intentional about my relationships in my growth with the Lord? How do I, how do I get there? So how do I do this? So I want you to look at this. Here's a couple of ways you progress spiritually. Your progress spiritually hinges on your willingness to get involved in structured relationships. So your progress spiritually hinges on your, your willingness. Because here's the thing, it's a choice. You know, I tell people whenever they go through our Connect class, which is our membership class, say, hey, listen, you guys have made a choice to be here. You don't have to be here. But you have chose to be here because you feel like there's a benefit to you. And so you're, you're joining the structure of this church, the membership of this church, because you feel like there's a benefit here for my family, benefit here for me. You know, I'm going to learn how to grow spiritually. I'm, my marriage is going to be better. I'm going to be a better dad, a better mom, better whatever. And so... Your progress spiritually hinges on your willingness to get involved in structured relationships. Don't sit on the sideline. Don't just, don't just sit there and just say, I'm just going to sit over here and I'm going to miss out. It's like whenever you start serving on the dream team, you find places and, you know, you start serving, you, you have ownership and you, you meet people. You connect with other people that are trying to live in a way that honors God. And, and so there's these, these structured relationships are critical. So what are some of the ways that we can do that? Number one is life groups. Life groups started this week. And if you have not gotten, gotten plugged into a life group, you need to do that right now. I'm just telling you, if you're wondering, hey, what do I need to do today to grow spiritually? Get connected in a life group. Uh, my men's group started this past Tuesday night. We had a great group of guys. And, uh, man, we were able to talk through some things. And we're going to be talking about how to share our faith. And, and it's called the pursuit. And so the whole thing is about pursuing God, but also about, how, hey, how do we share Jesus with people who don't know him? And then there's other life groups. There's couples life groups that you can be a part of that you go, you know what? I need to learn from other marriages that are maybe further along. Maybe they're a little bit healthier than we are. And so we need to be in those intentional relationships for what we get out of them. But also it's what we bring to the table. Years ago, I had a, a gentleman who was at a car wash here, uh, you know, in town that we were doing. And we were doing a car wash, a free car wash. And, and anyway, so the guy pulls up in his big Lincoln and he pulls up and a lady goes over to uh, tell him, hey, it's a free car wash. And he said, hey, I, I need to ask you a question about the church. And the lady kind of freaked out. She goes, hey, Pastor Mike, this guy needs to talk to you. So I walked over and he said, do you mind sitting in my car? So I'm sitting in the car and I'm sitting in the passenger seat. He's sitting there. And, and anyway, of course, everybody's acting a fool, you know, like, you know, all that on the windshield. And, and anyway, so we're sitting there and he goes, he goes, uh, he goes, I don't know about you. He said, but uh, church gives me heartburn. I said, hey, man, I'm right there with you. I get it. You know, church can, can be a tough place to, to be. And it'd be a, it's a tough place sometimes uh, just to do life. Uh, but in a healthy church, 
It's a life-giving place. And uh, so we got to talking a little bit about what it was, you know, what it was to, to be a part of a church and to be a, be a member and all these things. So he had a lot of questions, and he'd kind of given up on church, to be honest with you. And, 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 I, and I told him, I said, hey, listen, you know, there's no perfect church. I said, there's people there. And we open up the doors, people walk in with their problems and their hurts and their, their heartaches. I said, so it's a place of healing is what it is. I said, but I'd love for you to join us. And, and he said, uh, he goes, preacher, I like the way you talk. He said, I may just do that. So Sunday morning, we get to church and a couple of guys said, hey, that guy from the car wash is here. And so he, he comes walking up and he was an older guy and he kind of comes shuffling in and he walks up and, uh, and, I, and I told him on the day before, I said, hey, listen, I just want you to know, I said, it's not just what, you know, the church can do for you. I said, it's what you can do. I said, sometimes you bring something to the table that maybe somebody there needs to hear. And so whenever he walks up to the to front of the church and I walk over and I, 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 you know, greet him and I say, hey, man, we're so glad you're here. He said, you know, Pastor, I want to tell you something. He said, yesterday, he said, you made me feel valued. He said, for an old person, he said, a lot of times we don't feel valued. I said, well, you're valued here. So he came to our church and he would, uh, he goes down front, he sits on the front and man, he sits there and he's worshiping. And, uh, man, he just had a, a great time. He got plugged in. He got connected. He would stand at the front of our church, and he would lean up against an old stool, and he would hand out our programs when people would come in, our, you know, our, our sermon outlines. And, and uh, he, he just said, you know what? I feel like I have value here. And, and so he got involved in a life group. That life group, you know, he began to get involved in relationships. So here's the thing. It's not just what the, that structured relationship can do for you. It's what you can bring to the table that maybe that group needs. So life groups is a huge place for that. And then here's another one, accountability groups. You know, maybe you've never been in an accountability group, but an accountability group is, is something where maybe like a group of men or a group of ladies, you get together and you say, hey, listen, I want us to get together and I want us to hold each other accountable to reading God's Word. Or, hey, you know what, We're, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to protect my mind from lust and my heart from lust. And so guys, you know, this is a struggle for me. So what we do sometimes, we get together and we begin to... Uh, confess our sins one to one another just so that healing may begin like it tells us in james but also to establish some good accountability that someone is going to ask you the hard questions hey have you spent time in god's word have you prayed with your wife have you done these things so we look for accountability groups those are structured groups that help us and they benefit us here's another one bible study you know maybe you want to be a part of a bible study where you're really studying the word of god maybe you're taking a book of the bible and you're digging deep into that maybe you're studying you know to see what the bible has to say about marriage or about you know family foundations or jesus being the cornerstone whatever it may be you take that time and you get together with a group of people and you're holding each other accountable but you're also studying the word of god here's another one a prayer group there are times that there are people that get together that you know man they just have a passion for prayer we've got a group of ladies that that they meet here on fridays and they will literally walk through this building and they pray over this building they pray over these services they pray for the messages they pray for our church and, and so maybe you want to be a part of a prayer group that is going out and making a difference spiritually in the lives of our community and so a prayer group is a powerful place to get plugged in and and connected with other believers that are making the wise choice here's another one support groups we have celebrate recovery every monday night and celebrate recovery is helping people that are that are struggling with addictions but it has support there and there's support groups that they can get in maybe it's specific to whatever drug they're dealing with or whatever you know their their struggle is they're able to get in those groups and there's support there and there's prayer there and there's there's wisdom there and then here's another one family devotions this is something that you could establish with your family you sit down with your family you, you schedule a lot of time it's a structured time where you read a, a bible study maybe to your kids if you've got small kids i was talking with a guy this past week and he was talking about 
how him and his children sit down and they like to unpack what the kids have studied, you know, in, in, in Sunday and Journey Kids. We just had Journey Kids open up back up this past Sunday. And so, you know, maybe you sit down and you kind of unpack what the kids learned that day. Maybe you have a devotion where you, you read through a, a, a story of the Bible and you talk to them about the application of that. Those are critical things, but those are structured ways of, of, of establishing relationships. And so life groups, accountability groups, Bible study, prayer, support, family devotions, those are structured relationships that, that help us. And so here's the other thing. We all need community. We are created to do life together. We're not, there's no Lone Ranger Christians. The, the whole church, like we talked about last week, Jesus being the cornerstone, the, those, te- those passages also said that we are the living stones that God is building His temple with. And so we are to come together, to be the body of Christ, to, to literally come together to encourage one another, to affirm one another, to walk with each other. And, and so that's a, a big deal. So we all need community, doing life together. We're not intent, it's not intended for us to just kind of go you know, through life alone. And there may be some of you that you feel like, Mike, you haven't seen how I live. I don't have anybody. Well, some of that has to do with decisions we make. You know, I always tell people, man, if you want great friends, you have to be a great friend. If you want to spend time with people, you know, you've got to be intentional about, you know, getting out of your comfort zone and and doing something for somebody else. You know, so we've got to be a great friend if we want great friends. So, Doing life together. We all need community to, to do life together. Here's another. Praying together. Praying for one another. Maybe you got a friend that's going through a tough time praying with them. I told you about my friend uh, who was just in the storm. I had an opportunity to pray with him, you know, the night before and, and just prayed over him. Another friend was going, having kidney stones, just praying for them. You know, it's just praying together. And whenever you pray together, you're sharing your heart, you're pouring into each other, and you're praying for God's blessings on him. Here's another one. Serving one another. Uh, maybe maybe somebody's got a, a tree down, or maybe there's some damage, you know, at their house from the storm. It's a great opportunity to go over and serve them. Go help clean up a yard together. Maybe they don't have a need, but maybe somebody does. You say, hey, listen, let's get together and go. I've been asking a lot of my family and friends. I've got, I grew up in the Mobile area, so I've got lots of family down there and uh, friends. And I've got friends who live in the Orange Beach area, Gulf Shores area. And then we've served at, at a church in Pensacola for three years. So I've been on the phone just saying, hey, man, what do you guys need? How can we help? Maybe we can put a team together to come down and serve. Maybe just cleaning up yards. And so serving together and serving one another is a big way of building community. Here's another one. Encouraging one another. The Bible makes it clear that, man, we've got to be encouraging. Because, man, this world is against us. And right now there's such a need for encouragement just to to build one another up, to affirm one another, and to say, hey, listen, you're doing a good job. Or, hey, you know, keep pressing on. Don't give up. Hang on, you know, and keep... You know, working at that marriage, whatever it might be, you know, we need to encourage one another. And then the last one here, caring for one another. Caring for one another is, I always think about my wife being a nurse, how she cares for people. And sometimes she's caring for them in a way they can't care for themselves. And so I think that's a, a powerful picture there. There are times that maybe somebody's going through a tough time and they can't care for themselves. It's our opportunity to care for them. And maybe that's providing a meal. Maybe that's you know, going by and doing some type of work that they can't do anymore. Look at what it says in Hebrews here. It says, let, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep His promise. And let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some, some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. Man, what a great reminder that we are to be intentional about encouraging one another, 
holding on tightly to the Word of God, holding on tightly to our faith and our hope, but also being willing to share it. And not giving up meeting together. And I know right now with the pandemic, it's been crazy. But, you know, it's saying, you know, hey, we're going to meet together somehow, some way. Even if it's video, even if it's online, but we're finding a way to be together. And so the thing is, is it says, you know, as the time is drawing near, as the day of His return is drawing near. So here's the thing, time is critical. Time is critical. You know, and it's, it's one of those things that you can't recapture. Uh, like there's times I have watched a movie and I, I go, I cannot believe I just wasted two hours of my life that I'll never get back watching that movie. You, you ever, that ever happened to you? You know, it's just like, man, that was a waste of time. So there are things that, you know, we go, you know what, I'll never get that time back. And it's, it's exactly right. And so moms and dads, let me just tell you, those kids are going to grow up and you're going to regret, you know, at some point not spending more time with them. There's plenty of dads that are chasing their career. They're chasing their dreams and they're, you know, they're, they're doing it to the neglect of their kids and their family and I'm just telling you, one day you're going to look back and go, you know what, I can't recapture that. So what we have to do is we have to take time for relationships. We don't have, nobody has any more time than anybody else does. And I know sometimes you feel like you've got a friend that, you know what, they, I, I don't know how, how they have so much time. But the thing is, is you have to take time out of the 24 hours you've been given in a day. You take the time for relationships. Maybe you get rid of that TV. I had, I had someone ask me this past week that said, Hey, what TV shows do you watch? And I was like, man, I don't watch a lot of TV shows. And they said, oh, so you're a reader. And I'm like, I read because I have to. I'm not one of those where I want to curl up with a good book and, and drink a cup of coffee and read. That's just not me. I'm a doer. I want to do things, you know. And so I have to make myself read. But I don't like watching TV. Like I said, I can watch a movie. And if I feel like it's a waste of time, it's like, man, it's a waste. But there, every once in a while, there's a good movie. You know, maybe there's something good to watch. And so what we've got to be willing to do is say, you know what, God, help me to be intentional with my time and let me make the most of my time. You know, and so maybe it's friendships and maybe it's doing things with someone or, but maybe we need to turn that TV off or get off that phone or get off the, the computer and go be intentional and, and get, get involved in a structured relationship like a life group or a, accountability group, whatever it might be. And then here's another one, the second thing here, we need to meet regularly. You know, one of the things I was telling someone the other day, I feel like that my parents did a good job of, and back in the day it, was, it just seemed like this was more the thing to do, is we spent time going to my grandparents and going to maybe aunts and uncles and cousins and stuff like that. And they did a good job of keeping us connected with them. And we, I'll be honest with you, man, I have really done a terrible job of that. Me and my wife both have, have not done a good job of that because a lot of times we're so busy, and, and to be honest with you, a lot of the church feels like more like family than even my extended family or, or family. And so... But growing up, my mom and dad were intentional about making sure that we did that regularly, that we spent time together with family. And I don't know if you're good at that, but maybe maybe that's something you ought to do is say, you know what, let's be more intentional about going to see family members or connect with them. And then I would say that with our friends as well. You know, there's some friends you don't you don't have to see them very often, but when you get back together, it's just like you just you're still connected. But we all if they're really important relationships, we ought to be intentional about meeting with them on a regular uh, basis. And then here's the last one: make a commitment to invest time. In what matters most. And what matters most is relationships. Most important decision you'll ever make is what you do with Jesus Christ. That's a relationship. Most important thing you do with Jesus is share Him with someone else. That's about relationships. And so what we've got to be willing to do is say, God, help me to be intentional and to be focused and to be committed to you know using my time for what matters most. And what matters most is my relationship with Christ and then my relationship with people around me. So here's a couple of next steps for you today. 
Next steps for me today. Number one, join a life group today. We, we beg, plead, and borrow, you know, everything we can to get people to, to be a part of life groups. And, and then people will say, well, I just don't feel connected here. Well, why? Because you're not involved in a life group. So we encourage you, get connected in a life group. We make the registration easy. You can go to our website. You can go on there. You can find one. You can click on it. And you say, well, you know, I don't really like any of those. All right, well, then start one. Go talk to Brother, you know, uh, Pastor Brandon and find out, hey, what's involved in, in starting a life group? Then start one. But we want you connected in a life group. We, there's people there that need you, and you need them. So one of the things you can do today is, is to start a life group. Here's another thing. Hang out with, pe- with wise people who listen to Jesus. And we know they're wise because Jesus said, those who hear my teaching, listen to my teaching, and obey are wise. And so there may be some of you that, you know what, what you really need in your life is some godly people. You need some people that are walking with Jesus. You need some people that are that are living for Christ, and they're they're you know they're they're living their life in such a way. And what that will do, that will help you to kind of build that foundation. And so not only do you have your faith in Christ, but you have people around you, kind of like the disciples did, have people around you that are doing the same. And then there's that good peer pressure to where you want to do the right thing, and you're making wise decisions. And there's accountability. So all those things are critical and important. Most important decision, like I said. Is what you do with Jesus. And so I don't know where you are in your personal walk with Christ. Uh, I don't know if you've ever accepted Christ. Uh, but the thing is, as we talked about it last week, that's what we have to begin with. We have to build there on Jesus. And so maybe today for you, today is a day of salvation. And so wherever you are, you say, Jesus, I want to ask you to come into my life. I believe that you are the way, the truth, and life. I believe that you are the, the right way for us to be uh, in a good relationship with God, to be friends with God. And so, Jesus, I believe it's only through you. So by by faith, I'm putting all the faith that I have, Jesus, into who you are and what you've done. And so, Jesus, will you come into my life, be my leader, be my Lord? And I'm telling you, his answer is yes. He'll step in and he'll change you from the inside out. And he'll make you into a new person. You become a new creation. He'll give you a new name. He'll give you a new heart. He'll give you a new direction and a new focus. And I believe he'll bring new friends into your life. So let's pray. Right where you are. You say, Father, I believe that you are the Son of God. And, and I, I, Jesus, I believe that you can save me. And so, Jesus, with everything that is in me, I put my faith in you. And so, Jesus, I ask you to come into my life, to be my leader, to be my Lord. I confess you that I'm a, I'm a sinner. I want to quit living that way. That's repentance. And, Jesus, I want to turn to you. And so, with all the faith that I have, Jesus, come into my life. Change me. Save me. And, Father, I, I beg you to put people in my life that can walk with me and that we can do life together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. At this time, we're going to move into uh, our time of returning God's tithe. And, and this, is a, this is a special time as well. Maybe you made a profession of faith today. Let me tell you, we want to know about that. You can text that to you know, uh, my decision you know, at, at 94,000. We would love to hear about that. We want to know. We want to walk with you. We'd love to be able to put a Bible in your hand, be able to you know, help you with the next steps. Maybe you want to get involved in a life group. You can go to our, our website right now. You can plug in there. You can you can get involved in that. But also, at this time, part of our worship is not just the songs that we sing and not just the teaching of God's Word. It's the returning of God's tithe. And so if you have you know not done that yet, let me encourage you to do that. You know, And really throughout this year, even with the pandemic, our church has been pretty faithful. The last couple of months, you know, we've kind of gotten slack on that. And I don't know if it's because people are back in school or what, but we have kind of got neglected the giving a little bit and it's and it's as a, as a church so we've got to be willing to say you know what god help us to be faithful in that those gifts that we give those ties that we return 
Men, they help us carry this message all over the globe, and it also helps us to do some of the things that we do in our community. And so let's pray for God to bless our offering and ask Him to use it for His purposes and for His kingdom. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the privilege of being able to return anything, God, to you that you could use for your kingdom. And God, we especially thank you for the opportunity to be able to give above and beyond. And God, that when we give, I pray that we would give with joy. We would give with excitement. Uh, Lord Father, we get to invest in ministries and, Lord Father, opportunities and even missions all over the world because of these gifts. God, you have blessed us in so many ways. So, Father, use this for your purposes and for your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A couple of things that we have going on. One is man camp. Man camp is going to be coming up in just a a few weeks. And so, guys, if you would, go to our website. You can register there. We'd love for you to be a part of that. And don't miss out on life group. We would love for you to be connected in a life group. We've also got some some good news. Uh, We've got a a new staff member that we're adding today. Hey, guys, we are so excited uh, about what God is doing here at Journey Church. And today I want to introduce to you our newest staff member. This is Wes Willis. Wes, glad to have you on board as our new worship pastor. So give him a hand, and y'all make him feel welcome. Yes, thank you. We are so excited to be here. Uh, my name is Wes Willis. My wife's name is Michelle, and we are natives of the River Region in Montgomery. And we have a passion for uh, this area. We've grown up here. Uh, we've seen God do some amazing things. We look forward to him doing some more. Um, I've been involved in worship music a long, long time, a big part of my life. Uh, it's probably a big part of my DNA, and I'm passionate about it. I'm passionate about seeing people encounter the Lord through music and gathering uh, on Sundays. And anytime we get to meet as a people and celebrating what God's doing throughout our week and our time together. Awesome. Cool. We're excited to have Wes on board, and uh, we're looking forward to what God has in store for Journey Church. God's doing great things, and I, it's only going to get better as we move forward. If you just made a decision to follow Christ, we want you to know it is the greatest decision you have ever made made and we want to help you with your next steps if you will text the phrase my decision to the number on your screen we would love to help you as you start this journey with christ we're going to bring our tithes and offering to god i want to encourage you to put god first in this area of your life we do that through our giving now we've made this super simple so you should see a link on the screen and in the comment section to the journey church giving page and there you can return your tithes and offering if you need help learning how to give online, we have multiple YouTube videos that can explain how to do so. Your giving allows us to continue making an increasing impact for the gospel, so take that step right now and allow God to bless your obedience. Again, thank you so much for joining us here at Journey Church Online, and we cannot wait to see you right back here next week.